All right, welcome back to another episode of Become a Calm Mama. And um, I'm Darlin. And since today, this podcast episode is being released on Thanksgiving, I thought I'd share with you a little bit about gratitude and gratitude and how it relates to children, how it relates to parenting, and what I'm calling weaponized gratitude. So let me break down first for you, what is gratitude? So I don't know if you have read Brene Brown's book, Atlas of the, Atlas of the Heart, but I love this book because it really takes all these complicated emotions that we talk about, you know, like compassion or generosity or envy, these these um, different emotions and defines them and sort of helps you understand how they look in real life. And so she defines gratitude. And I wanted to give you that definition because I thought it was really helpful. So she defines gratitude as an emotion that reflects our deep appreciation for what we value, what brings meaning to our lives, and what makes us feel connected to ourselves and others. So Gratitude, it's not just good manners, like saying thank you. It's actually an emotion and it arises from a perspective on life that looks for what is good. Like, hey, this good thing that we value is happening or this thing that brings meaning to our lives is happening, right? And so it's not something that comes easily or naturally to humans, it's something that we have to cultivate. It's a mindset. It's a perspective. We have to cultivate and practice gratitude. It doesn't, we're not necessarily walking through life thinking, oh my gosh, so happy that I have, you know, the ability to breathe, (laughs) right? I value life and I'm alive. But if we practice that, we can get to those thoughts really easily. So when it comes to our kids, Feeling gratitude is hard. And let me tell you why. Remember that gratitude is defined by, by, you know, appreciating what we value, appreciating what brings meaning to our lives, and appreciating what makes us feel connected to others and to ourselves. That requires a lot of self-awareness and a lot of reflection. And kids really aren't able to do much perspective taking partly because of the way their brain is developed, because they aren't able to really exit their own experience and enter into anybody else's experience. They're not able until like around nine or 10 to what we call metacognate, like think about their thinking or think about their life. It's just hard, but we can teach them how to do it, especially when it's a value of ours. Besides being a developmental stage, right, being able to take perspective and grow in your, in your brain development, the other reason why gratitude is hard for kids is because, honestly, most of a child's experience is that good things happen easily for them. And it's actually a goal, right, as parents. We want, like, our kids' life to be simple and easy and happy, And that means that they don't really have a lot to struggle against. So they don't have a lot of perspective on how things could be, right? The the other side of the coin, like, so they have the developmental um, difficulty of even imagining 
a perspective outside of their own or have perspective on themselves. And they have this sort of a belief that like, this is just how it is. Perspective in general is hard for kids because like I said, they don't have a lot of life experience. They barely understand their own family, their own school, the city they live in, let alone the, the entire state or country that they live in or how other people live. They don't know enough about the world to know that not everyone lives in relative peace. They don't know that not everyone has enough food or shelter or clothes or heat or air conditioning to be comfortable. They don't know that not every parent is kind and compassionate. They just don't know, partly because we've, we've taught them to expect ease. We've taught them to think that the world revolves around them. When they're little, it does because we have to protect them and keep them safe and keep them alive. And then it almost becomes a habit of when we create a life that is for our children's happiness, that is you know, it's fine. It's not a problem. But then your child is going to have the perspective that the world is built for my happiness. They're not going to have a lot of perspective when things go sour or south for them. Now we've taught our kids that, you know, the world is, is a lovely place and they believe that. But then what happens is we get mad at them when they're not feeling grateful for what we told them was just the way things are. When they are not able to cultivate gratitude for, you know, a nice house or a loving family or, you know, a mommy that tucks me in every night or, you know, whatever that you want your kids to be grateful for. It's easy to get angry with them for their lack of gratitude. And I want you to know you don't need to make them wrong for their ignorance or for their lack of perspective. It's part of development. It's part of growing from a child to an adult. And so the best way to instill gratitude is to model it. It is to decide as a family that it is an important value for you and then model that. So I want to talk about modeling gratitude and I'm going to give you three really great um, strategies and tools for you today to practice gratitude with you, with your family, and with your kids but first, I want to talk about you and your feelings because a common thing that comes up from the moms that I work with or the moms that I know is what I call weaponized gratitude. Weaponized gratitude is when a mom starts to share a negative emotion with me, like hurt, disappointment, sadness, and she's telling me what's going on in her life and she's kind of expressing her own feelings and she stops herself and sort of backs up a bit. It's like, oh, I shouldn't even be complaining because you know what? At least I do. At least I have blank, right? It's not that bad. I really shouldn't be complaining. I'm being so whiny. I know I have it better than other people. Like, oh, you're going through so much. You know, I shouldn't be talking about myself like this. No, that is trying to out gratitude yourself from your emotion. 
using gratitude as a weapon to shut down your feelings. When you're hurting, you actually, you need compassion, not judgment or criticism. Even if it's self-criticism, even if you're discounting your own feelings, that's not helpful. What you need is a safe place to dump some of the junk that's going on. And you need to have your feelings acknowledged and allowed and accepted either by yourself or by whoever you're talking to. And gratituding your way out is a way of discounting the actual emotion you have. It's you're ignoring the feeling you have and trying to manufacture the feeling of gratitude. You're bypassing your negative emotion in order to get to the positive emotion. So don't gratitude yourself out of your emotions. It's not going to work anyway. That's called stuffing your feelings. When, when you're shooting yourself into a positive emotion, you're weaponizing gratitude. So I don't want you to good vibes only your life. Because good vibes only is not a reality. We all have lots and lots of feelings. And sometimes those feelings are not so great. Sometimes we're bitter. Sometimes we're resentful. Sometimes we're angry. Sometimes we're sad. And that's okay. We don't need to judge our negative feeling and then tell ourselves we should be grateful. I love gratitude. I spend lots of time feeling grateful. And I'm genuinely delighted with my life. But I can only feel that feeling of gratitude because I've opened myself up to all the other feelings too. The gratitude is genuine because the anger has been felt genuinely. The gratitude is genuine because the resentment has been felt. The sadness, the disappointment, the grief, all any feeling ever wants is to be felt. So you cannot manufacture gratitude. But what I've noticed is that my brain and my heart, they want to think and feel positive things. I think we're all wired for that. Biologically speaking, a calm and peaceful brain is one that can think clearly and make better decisions, and then that preserves our well-being in the long run. So having a calm, non-stressed brain is really good for the survival of you and our species. So the brain is kind of longing for a better emotion or a better, you know, mental state, because then from that, um, from that mental state, it can think and, you know, think and make better decisions because reactivity and stress, they're not meant to be long-term coping strategies, right? They're meant to be bursts of energy that move us to safety so that we can think and feel more calm and more clear. And so you can trust, this is something I've struggled with, like, I don't want to wallow in my negative emotion because I'm going to end up being like this kind of sad, pathetic, bitter, angry woman. And what I've learned is that's not true. Like at my core, I am a loving, kind, grateful, you know, person. And sometimes I have these negative emotions that come up and I need to move through those in order to like grow into, you know, who I either want to be or who I am. So gratitude is a wonderful emotion, but you cannot fake it. It's the calm after the storm. It's like the sunshine after the clouds clear up. It's what we get after we dump a bunch of our complaints. 
Because what gratitude really is, it's perspective. And perspective only comes when we take an honest account of our lives, when we're looking at what is hard and what is great. When we're honest, it's a lot easier to get to gratitude. It's okay to feel disappointed. It's okay to feel angry. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel hurt. None of these are the opposite of gratitude. You can feel more than one emotion at the same time. You can feel super grateful and also really frustrated. (laughs) You might find that today, right? It's like Thanksgiving, you know, holly jolly period of time. And you might be like, why am I making the mashed potatoes? I, this isn't fair, (laughs) right? And then you're like, oh, I should be grateful that I have mashed potatoes. No, don't weaponize gratitude today. Using gratitude as a weapon to avoid feeling and avoid processing your negative emotion will keep you stuck. So once you process your negative emotion, like I said, gratitude is on the other side. Gratitude is so great. It helps us appreciate the value of something. And the more we appreciate the value, the more benefits we get from the thing we appreciate. When I appreciate my husband and I spend time appreciating him, then I get more benefits from him (laughs) because I actually like am enjoying him and then he's more enjoyable, (laughs) right? It's like an asset. It appreciates. So the thing we have when we're grateful for it, it appreciates in value. And that's why we want to spend time in gratitude. So I wanted to tell to talk to you about weaponizing gratitude as a way of bypassing your negative emotion so that you could process your negative emotion and then get to the good gratitude stuff because the gratitude is amazing. So I have three unique strategies that I have for cultivating gratitude and that I want to share with you. Now, these practices, when I practice them regularly, they help me access gratitude faster. They help me shift towards gratitude with greater ease so that when I do move from my negative mindset and my negative emotion to a new emotion, to a new mindset, gratitude is easy for me to find because I've been practicing that neural pathway. It's like I want to be able to have gratitude be available to me easily and quickly so that when I move through my negative emotion, my brain's like, oh, but darling, remember, remember you do really like whatever it is. Remember, you're really grateful for that thing. So that when I'm kind of complaining about it, I don't need to weaponize and make myself feel bad for not appreciating it. I can feel whatever I'm feeling and then go, but oh, that's true. I do actually appreciate it. So here are the three strategies. The first one is a a simple way to think about it is I'm grateful because. So the word because is the, the practice. So a lot of times we'll say, you know, you go around the Thanksgiving table or whatever and you're like, I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for this chicken or turkey or whatever. I'm grateful for my house. I'm grateful for my dog. Okay, right? I like to add the word because. And I love to add because to the sentence because it 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 helps me see the benefit or the reason I'm grateful and it deepens my appreciation of it. So a few recent examples that I have from my own journal <laughs> is that I'm grateful for learning about thought work. 
And then I added, because managing my mind has changed my life. I love it. I'm so grateful that I learned about these coaching tools that I share with you on this podcast. I wrote, I'm grateful for the ocean because it makes my heart swell. Like I have a physical reaction when I am near the ocean. I My chest opens up and I feel much more free and expansive. Like I have a, it's really cool. So I'm super grateful for the ocean because of that. My heart swells open. It feels bigger. The world feels more possible. I am grateful for my children, but let me tell you why. (laughs) Because they give me purpose. They give me meaning and they teach me so much. Now, of course, as they get older, my purpose changes. But as they've been young, it gave my, my whole life a lot of meaning, a lot of purpose, you know, keeping these people alive and healthy and, you know, getting to know them and all of that, right? Gives me meaning and it also teaches me. Someone, I wrote, I saw someone on Instagram say like, it had a little picture of their kid and them and they said, oh, my guru about their child. And like your guru is what you learn from, you know, and it's cool to think about how much we learn about ourselves because we're parents. So right now, as you're listening to this, I want you to pause for a second and just think about something you're grateful for. Like really let it sink in. Like what are you grateful for? Now really let it sink in and then ask yourself, why are you grateful for this thing? Find your because. If you're listening to this episode before your Thanksgiving dinner, maybe you're prepping your Thanksgiving dinner and I'm in your earbuds. I love that. So when you go to sit down at the table and, you know, whether it's your table or someone else's and, you know, everyone's like, let's go around the table and say what we're thankful for. I'm grateful for, right? I want you to say, hey, everybody, let's add the word because. And it will teach your kids a greater level of introspection and it will give you an opportunity to get to know your kids on a deeper level. So they get to know themselves and you get to know them. And then whoever else is at the table also gets to benefit. So that's number one is I'm grateful because. All right, number two. This one, I think is a, it's like a hack. It's fun. You write a list of 10 things that you really, really wanted in the past, like that you really wanted and that you have now. This gives you a lot of perspective to appreciate what you currently have. Like if I would have, I mean, before I was a mom, God, all I wanted to be was a mom. And it was not easy for me to become a mother. And we struggled with infertility, went through adoption. And so for me to become a mom, it was like this deep, deep desire. I wanted it. And then I got it. And like, I'm grateful for it, right? So some people, you know, were like really wanting to be married or find the love of their life. I met Kevin super young. I don't even know if I had time to like, you know, would desperately want to be married. But I did want to be married growing up. I wanted to have a partner, a life partner, and now I have one. So I wanted to be a mom, and now I am. I wanted to have a life partner, and now I have one. I didn't grow up with a car. I always really wanted a car. I wanted a reliable car, and now I have a reliable car. I never, I don't, like, this is not to be weird, but like, I don't buy used cars because I just so want to have a reliable car. Like I want to have a car that I know works and I have a car that works and I love it. I always wanted to own a home. I really wanted the stability of owning a home. I really wanted that feeling of knowing where 
I had a place in the world, and now I own one. I love my house. And I really wanted to have a career helping parents. Like, that was like one of my life dreams. I wrote it down in 2012 that I was going to help parents find calm. And now I have that. So I want you to sit today, if you can, or tomorrow, and just write a list of things that you used to want to have. Oh, I also really always wanted to have a dog. And now I have one, right? So I want you to write down things that you wanted and that you now have. And it's very fun. And you can actually ask your kids this. And this is interesting because they're littler. And so they might be like, oh, I really, really, really wanted you to let me play Minecraft. And now I can. Or I really, really, really wanted to go to Disneyland, and then we did. Or I really, really, really wanted to see the snow, and we did. So that helps give your kids some perspective, which is really fun. All right, number three. This one is to focus not just on today or like on Thanksgiving, but really this whole holiday season to help your kids shift from the season of getting and shift to a season of giving, that will help your kids grow some perspective. So bringing your kids into the gift giving process is a really cool way, especially if like you're listening to this on Thanksgiving, tomorrow's Black Friday, people are going to start making purchases and then you got Cyber Monday and there's like, okay, you know, maybe you're with your family and everyone's like, let's share our wish lists and whatever, right? And so gifts are starting to be on people's minds. So what I'd love for you to do is make a list of all the people in your family that you're going to give a present to and then set a budget. Talk about the reason you chose that amount for each gift and then let your kids pick gifts within that range. Have them wrap them. The more invested they are in the giving, the less they will focus on on the receiving. So when you do your gift exchanges, they're oh, don't you remember like that feeling of having like a gift you're so excited to give? You're like, oh, I can't wait, I can't wait, I can't wait. You're like, hide it and stuff. You can't, you know, like that feeling is fun. So we want to let our kids have that feeling of giving instead of just waiting and waiting and waiting for their own turn to open their presents. I will do an episode on the podcast that I call The Gimmies, and it's all about how to deal when your kids really want a lot of stuff and when they're grumpy about it. Um, But for now, this will help you is by having them take a look at like, hey, so here's your cousins and here's what we usually, you know, here's how much we spend and here's why we spend this much. And what would you guys like to do? What would you like to give them? It's really fun. Um, It'll be fun for you. And having them wrap them, you know, you don't have to do that if you don't want to. If you like it or it's too annoying or they're too little, that's fine. But just pulling them into the process will help them um, be more invested in the giving. So I just, I hope you are having, going to have like a really lovely Thanksgiving. I um, kind of, Thanksgiving kicks off the holiday season in many ways. And I am inviting you to my Say No to Holiday Burnout event. And this event, it just keeps growing and getting better. Okay, so it's free. We start Tuesday, um, Tuesday night, the 29th. I have a night one and a morning one. Uh, morning event. So what I'm doing is I'm taking you through a process to help you figure out what you want to do this holiday season, what you don't want to do, and then giving you tools to set those boundaries and deal with whatever happens when 
you have to uphold those boundaries. So whether those are with your kids, setting limits, or with your family members, setting boundaries, I'm going to teach you the difference between limits and boundaries, uh, kind of like what I talked about in the podcast a couple weeks ago, and then giving you a bunch of tools and scripts of handling all of the things that come up. You're going to get a calendar of what, like for you to personalize your own calendar. You're going to get a list of things that you can opt into and opt out of. There's, so there's a full workbook. Um, it's not a lot of work. It's more like a thought book. You can just think about things. Um, so there's the the guidebook. And then there's two discussion groups that are be live that I'm going live on. I'm going doing one at night and one in the morning so that you can attend um, either both or one or watch the replay. I'll record both of them. And then I've also added a pop-up Facebook group called Say No to Holiday Burnout. You can find it. You can join. And in there, I'm going to do daily support for anybody who's in the Say No to Holiday Burnout event. And so I'll go live in there. I will coach you if you have questions, like you're like, I'm overspending or my cousin's really mad at me or I told my mom I didn't want to go on Christmas Eve and she's really upset or I decided not to do eight nights of Hanukkah presents. I'm only going to do one. My kids are having a fit. Like whatever comes up, I'm going to help you with that. Or you have like, is it bad that I don't want to go to holiday recital? We can talk about it. We can talk about why you would go, why you wouldn't go. How would you communicate that? So I'm going to be doing coaching in there. And then of course the live events. Um, and it's just a pop-up group for the, from, I'm going to keep it open until winter break starts. So I just cannot recommend this event. It's going to be great. It's free. It's coaching with me for like a solid month and live events and the full workbook. Say no to holiday burnout. The link is in the show notes, or you can just go to calmamacoaching.com backslash holiday underscore burnout. Um, and I want you there. I want you there to create the holiday season that you actually enjoy. And it starts today with Thanksgiving. So I hope you have a really wonderful Thanksgiving. If you're, if you're listening to this after Thanksgiving is over, I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving and that you're finding some time to take some rest and, um, and just be quiet and be in gratitude as long as you do not weaponize it. <laughs> All right. Have a great week and I will talk to you next week.